0: Kum and Abla Gemara, today's Amid Alav Seita. As a preamble to the Gemara we learned today, and I'm going to reference back to this preamble as we go through, I had three general questions about Shulchan Aruch but I've asked many Rabbanim around the world, never received a satisfactory answer. In fact, they themselves told me that they don't think your answers are satisfactory. So I'll share them with you, and if anybody has a response to them, I would love to hear from you. And if you pass it on to others, maybe they have a response on all three questions, and uh, you can email it to me to muckle, M-O-T-T-E-L, at lenox, L E N, for O X, dot com, dot A U. So the Gemara is, my preamble is as follows. The three quintessential halachas that are very pervasive in our community, they're discussed a lot and yet they get billion mentions. mention First and foremost, let's take, for example, the laws of Lashon Hara. The laws of Lashon Hara, we know the Gemara in Erkin discusses it, There are a number of Vedas tied to it, and the Gemara used expression that it's as if you murdered three people. Very harsh words used regarding Lashon Hara, the Chafetz Chaim wrote one of his magnum opuses on Lashon Hara, and yet, there's no simen in Shulchan Aruch, in the Thai of Shulchan Aruch, in all four Halakim that's called Hilchez Lashon Hara. In fact, it's brought down in the of in Aruchayim, Kufnun Vav, as a one-liner in the longest of in Shulchan Aruch, where he brings a, a collection of dinim that are not mentioned in Shulchan Aruch, and, uh, and he just refers to them, and one of them is about Lashon Hara. The Mishnah Brewer, An Vav, Shulchan Aruch, also just brings a little bit on Lashon Hara. Even though he wrote this big, is a safer about Lushen, an safer Lushen, Hore. the safer of Anloshan, the entire sefer the Alter of makes a few sifim out of it. Now, why is it that there isn't a separate sim, regarding An-Lashon Hara? There are so many dinim, so many nuances, and the principles have to be understood properly. Why not? That's question number one. Question number two is sneez. Sneez, we are told, and especially the women are told how important it is. It's a cardinal mitzvah. Not only is it a cardinal mitzvah, this is one that you say how you say this. Of, of the Teda, how important it is to be Tzniyaz, not only for women, for men as well. Well, you look through Shor look for Hilchot In the very beginning of Archaim, it talks about a little bit in the early Samanim how one should dress under covers and, and so on. Uh, where do you find Hilchot In Hilchot Krishna. And it's not a separate simon and sneeze it's part of his krishna when you say krishna who should you be saying in front of and you shouldn't be saying krishna in front of because it might be a distraction or it's not appropriate all these different things and he talks about women covering her hair covering her arms covering her legs why isn't there a separate simon in fact in the very beginning of Shulchan Aruch, when it talks about the vicious begodim in the beginning how to dress right there should have been the entire set of rules of this and it's not why not you have a sprinkle here a sprinkle there and it's always part of another set of dinim. why isn't there a sim called hikkhnis question number 3 in shonar it talks about uh, hikkh basicness how one should build a shul and where the iron should be placed, bimba should be placed, all the different laws to do with the actual construct of a basic nessus. But there's one glaring omission, a mechitza. No way does mention that you have to have a mechitza in the shul. In fact in Hilchez Shabbos and over there in um, Shinyu Dalot when it talks about Hilch's oil and it gives an example of building an oil or a wall on a mechitza on Shabbos as a separation of men and women it talks about a shear in Gemara Kadushan pay Pe'aluf when they were there, they talk about separating men and women. And they would have, let's say, one of them said that you have these vases of water, so if somebody crosses over, you would hear it, it says, Rashi, why would you have a separation of men and women when they had a shear to learn? Why isn't there a halacha that sets out that one has to have a mechitz in the shul? Now, on this particular question, almost all the rabbanim answered me on the spot that uh, it's because women didn't go to Shul. And we're going to re- come back to that because it's clear that it's not true. So then <clears throat> the obvious problem is in Shulchan Aruch, in Shulchan Aruch, I th- I'm traveling now, so I don't have any svar with me, but I'm thinking it's the same Aleph. It talks about, in Aruch Haim, that women who come to Shul, while they're in I-Div, they can look at a Sefer Torah, they can make a brach and all of those things. Clearly, women did go to Shul. And yet in the same Shulchan Aruch, in, in, in Kuflin, where it talks about the construction of a shul, there is no mention of mechitzah. Why not? These are my three questions. Now, Why I'm doing this up because it relates to the Gemara we learned today, and we will see that it is problematic. We have, we're learning now about the last thing we learned about a conniving Russia, and the last thing we learned about somebody who learned Chumash, learned Mishnahist, but did not serve Tamir al-Khamim. And basically Rashi says he did not serve Macham means he never learned the reasons behind it. So here, the problem is because he doesn't understand the principles behind it, he will start equating laws one to another and cause all kinds of issues. In fact, historically, we know that when the the Bessiasa wrote the Shomaluch, he had a lot of opposition, starting from the Venom of Prague's brother, and many others. When reef wrote his halachas, he had many oppos- much opposition. In fact, that's why the Balamoy wrote his critique on Shonarach, to force people to go back to the Gemara. Because the problem is, when you have all of these halachas, people just go straight to the halachas and possibly from them. And, and many times, the nuances are slightly different. The ramifications are major, and the halacha turns out to be differently. And people don't understand that. So therefore, we call them a conniving rush. So Gemara, now that we're talking about that, we'll continue. The Taishas of Mashans, however, learns like Shemesh, Tamil, does not mean they didn't learn Gemara. They might have learned Gemara, but they did not get an internship. They did not do Shemesh. They did not uh, associate themselves with Rabbonim and just to see what Rabbonim are doing. And that's very important, it seems, the Taishas of Mashans are saying. You can know how to learn academically, theoretically, but it has nothing to do with practice because you need to, to be with the Rabbanim and see how they bring it into practice. Because the world of practice, the world of academia and theory could be miles apart. It could very well be that, not only the nuances might be different, but you have to know the situation of the particular person and to work out whether this law applies here or the other laws apply there. But more importantly, most people coming out shylers don't really understand the, you know, the, what the issues are. They just tell you how they think. You have to hear it, and based on that, you're going to pass paschadin. But if you have experience, you know the kind of questions to ask to tease out of them some more details, which can have a major impact on the outcome of the halach. And therefore, shimish is extremely important. So, there are two stages in shimish, and why I'm saying this to you right now is because I think it's relevant to the Gemara we're about to learn. So, says the Gemara, eat what we learned. This person is not Moritz. he's worse than Amoritz. He's a boor. What exactly are the argument? Boor is worse than Amoritz. Very ironic. In the Torah, Parsha Shlach, when it says Amoritz, Rashi says over there that Amoritz is actually a very commendable name, and that is, it's a compliment. The world was created because of this nation. Sometime later, the word suddenly became to mean someone who's an ignorant. How did the word so radically change from a compliment to one of a, basically a derogatory um, name? Is it a euphemism, like for a blind person, we say Saginor, plenty of light? Or sometime it, uh, some, over some time period, it changed. Who changed it? Don't know. And the second thing is like Balchaif. In the Gemara, in Mishnah, always means a lender. Suddenly today it means a borrower. Somebody owes chayvus everywhere. When did that change? Don't know again. Interesting. Then you'll we'll continue. The difference of the Mefort try to understand the difference of Amoritz and Bur, and they just say Bur is worse than Amoritz. What exactly are they arguing in? Possibly they're not really arguing, and this is relevant to the Gemara later on as well. I haven't seen this anyway, but In is shot. In it says. So an Amoritz, you know who might um, seems Amoritz could mean that there are different degrees of Amurat. The problem is they'll never go beyond the letter of the law. says and I'm not interested going any further. And um, uh, calling someone a bur means it's a, it's more about the attitude of the person rather than the amount of knowledge he has, and that is that because he demonstrated that he's not really interested in knowing anything beyond what it says means it's lacking something much more fundamental, perhaps it's lacking yerushamayim, and therefore they're talking about two different aspects of what it means not to be so aware of, of all the laws. Aviana says that he's a kusi. Yannai goes further, Yannai says you can, you're a kusi, a kusi means you like a, a kusi where your wine is considered asr. And you're, because he says, now that you've told me that he's like a boor, the, the result is a boor is a lo yorichet, lo yorikhe. how can you trust a person's wine, how can you trust a person's bread, and therefore, how do you treat it like a kusi? So boor is the, is, the is the describing the attitude of the person, and Yannai then says, based on that, we'll treat them like a kusi. And Abba says, say that? What? Wow, that this person is like a magician, a sorcerer who pretends to do things when he doesn't." What is Rabbi Yaakov saying? I think what he's saying is something more than that. He's saying that even the personal khumsh, even the personal mishnais, even the personal gemara. In other words, he knows everything. He talking, knows everything. He's not deceiving anybody. But because he didn't do the second stage of Shimush, which is f- physically joining up with Rabbanim and learning like doing like, an internship, and therefore learning from them, not just what it says, but also common sense, also how to tease out the questions and all those other things, then he's really deceptive because people think the guy knows he can quote Truchonarach right, left, and center, but he has absolutely no idea of how to pass him. To be a Pisic is not just having knowledge, it's having the experience. People say that uh, like a sorcerer says words, man come has no idea what he saying So he knows all the words. In other words, he knows how to learn Gemara not just from Mishnayis and Chumash He knows everything, but he has no idea how to bring it into practice. How many times do you learn Shachan Aruch and shy, you don't realize that you just learned it? But because you use different words what Shahmarak says, suddenly you know you're all lost and confounded. Second note further. Uh Tony Tanib the other He literally he has no idea what he's saying. So Tony he Tan, he's learning actually everything. But does not implement it. Talma we learned. What's the get of Ainokida Krishna doesn't read Krishna Shachil doesn't read Krishna with the brachas, All the Rashad here on the spot do not add the words because that's irrelevant. The idea is he's not reading Krishna at all. In the morning, at night, he's not doing the basics. So that's that's an that's Rashi Ray said, we're talking about Lama regarding regarding uh, whether you can trust him when it comes to Tahris. And um, Therese says that uh, different. you have different sughurs in Lama and the ramifications are different, and therefore the, the criteria is different. Sometimes it's a question of whether we can accept the testimony. Sometimes it's a question of whether they can be included in the Muslim. Sometimes when we need an expert, can we trust him as an expert? Well, like Rashi says here, Tahris. And so therefore, because they're different, Therese chance means different uh, different degrees of amarats and different um, ramifications. So that's why you have different Gemaras saying different criteria for what Amarat says. Anyway, Ramey says over here, someone does not read Krishna. The Chachamim say, Kol film. Film. So the, the, the Ramey says, someone can't read. He just can't read and does, therefore it doesn't read Krishna. So, something so basic as Krishna. And the Chachamim say that no. Even though he reads, If he has no understanding what he read, has no idea what that means, then that's an Amor, even though he reads Krishna. Benazi says, English is the big day. Benazi says that he doesn't have tits in his bag. What's Benazi adding different than Menech's film? It seems what Vinasa is saying is that Krishna is Shema and Bahta Mahmaya. And this person is not reading Pasha, the third Pasha sits. For mahatayi mahatayi all you have to we have to read is either Shema, the different opinions, or Bahafta, but um is not Mahatwa as far as Krishna is concerned. It's only as far as he sees the shrimp is concerned. It's not as far as Krishna. And therefore, this person, that even this person here who did say Shema, and and did put on films. In other words, he he read and he understands, but he didn't read the third parasha of, of thing, which is the Rabban He <inaudible> Rabbi ben says, if he has children and he doesn't uh, teach them trader, in other words, he he does the mandatory mitzvah like putting out fill and and all the other things. But when it comes to he doesn't take it as literally, then he is is he's also called lambda now, now, we already had Taysha before. I think we mentioned before. Achayd and Ramey are the same person. He was arguing. So there brings an interesting shot that whenever he quotes something from his Rebbe Elisha Avu, who was known as Elisha Acher, or Acher. So therefore, we call him Achaydim, but he says his own name is Rameir. Taysha dismisses that out of hand. But he says there were two stages in Mayor's life prior to his being uh, penalized for a story we're going learn at the end of then He was called Rameyr, and afterwards, he's called Achaydim. After the koyde v'shain, even if he reads and learns Mishnayis, the leishimish tamin al chamim, and didn't serve tamin al chamim, that is an amar arutz. Koyde v'leishon, but if he reads and he did not learn Mishnayis at all, that is a bur the word. All of a customer regarding him, the trader says, the potty says, I planted seeds amongst the Eden, the some people like others will be like a behemoth. This person is like a behemoth. Okay, Shleiman says to the Chabam, he says to the following, he says, You know, it's Hashem, Beni, I want you to fear Hashem, the Melah, um, um, you'll be a king, shiny, Maltisarev. Do me a favor, do not mix with the shiny. Who are People who only know how and they um, did not serve Tamil. Ghamin. So rashi says that they learned how and did not serve the ghamin. therefore they don't really understand the, the tamin. But according to Rajab it means exactly what he said before they learn everything, they know how they learned it, but still they didn't serve the to get that experience. So you how else can you going learn Shining? i would thought means something else. <coughs> <coughs> Someone who repeats the sin. And we learned before already, like Ravuna said, Ravuna said, a <clears throat> so person doesn't evade and he repeats it, he becomes muta. And they were there, Yuma asks other places, it means, once you get used to somebody, the guilt is gone, then it becomes uh, easier and easier. But people still haven't come back to show. After COVID, because once the COVID was that uh, you didn't go to show many Shabbos in a row, it, it sort of removed the guilt. And uh, even though you know you should be a shul, you don't feel guilty anymore. So when says, a person doesn't avail it once, twice, over time, you don't feel guilty anymore. And that's maybe uh, Shalem was, was warning his son, Rechabim, not to, not to make, mingle with those people. That's not what he means at all. Uh, time to learn. Had Tanayim Valley Island. The Tanayim, the destroyers of the world. It says the Yibur of the Valley Island. That's how do you call the Tanayim, destroyers of the world? They pass straight from the Mishnah without understanding what it, what it means because, first of all, they don't know that not every Mishnah was, was, is, is das rabbi. It could be the, the lone opinion which the mother, you know teaches out of it and the, oh, that Mishnah follows a lone opinion which is not halacha. Second of all, they don't know which tanoyim the rules regarding tanoim, which ones you pass can like, which ones you don't pass like. and like, um, and therefore they make mistakes. The wrong. the down. it says It says there that somebody learns halachas that the world is his in his cause because he brings he brings he brings stability to the world. They pass directly from the Mishnah. Isha Purusha. It says in the Mishnah that more people who, who are ruining the world is an Isha Purusha, a woman who sort of uh, removes herself from, removes herself from Hazard. That's a bad thing, it's a good thing. Tell we learned Sulla is We learned the psula who daven's a lot, a young girl who davens a lot, and Almon, injuries, a psula, a girl who's not married, or Almona, Shai or al is very neighborly, that has different interpretation tri- of his words, but this is how we learn Al-Gabbara. Or, or a child that didn't yet reach full, uh, the full pregnancy, or these are the destroyers of the world. What does that mean? Anyway, talking about, I'm going to prove to you that all day is the most wonderful thing, most inspirational thing. And Al-Mano who is uh, who is friendly uh, with a good neighbor, again, is a wonderful, inspirational thing. We learned we learned how to fear Hashem from a young girl and how important it is to try to do mitzvah as best as possible and get a reward from our widow. What happened was as follows: girl, a girl that fell on her face. said, But you created heaven. You created the, um, the other side. But But You create people who have a tendency to be tzaddikim, and yeah, and they'll eventually, uh, you know, get, uh, receive Eretz And are those who won't." of I with you. I don't want people as a result of me uh, ending up. I shouldn't. I should not be a stumbling block to people because on account of me, of, of me, they were going to forfeit their um. What a wonderful inspirational tefillah. What's the case of malman? Malman was a widow. They had a shul, said in her neighborhood. Call you every day. Have it asia matzlo. She would go and daven. Be medrash and Be shmech I'm a biti my daughter. Loi beis haknesses. Be shmech. I don't. You have a shul in your neighborhood. Why do you walk all the way to end of town to me? I'm let you say, Rebbe. The lois char pshiyes yeshli. Don't I get the reward for walking all the way to your shul? So we see from here that what that uh, that that these women were actually inspirational. So Yamada says, and we'll come back to this in a minute. when we say that women who are deceptive and they they, they pretend to be davening when actually what they're trying to mask their behavior is basta This woman who is a a, a witch, Yochani daughter of the TV, and Rashi tells us a very interesting story that she was a a Shafer. And, um, and what she did was she was able to somehow or another make it very difficult for women to give birth, right? During that time they had to give birth. And then she'd go to their house and then she would find out that they're in pain because she knew that she created a problem. And then she would dabble for them. And and somehow or another, the, what she did was she did some kind of a potion and removed the, the pain and, and was able to bear the child. And everyone thought, wow, what a tzaddikis. And and she she was. And once when she was doing the going through these emotions, she had a young girl in the house <coughs> working for her. And the young girl heard so all kinds of noises coming from a certain room. She walked inside. There was a pot with a lid on it. And it was thinking moving around in the pot. It sounded like a baby's moving around right before about to give birth. She removed the lid and all the kish or whatever the witchcraft that she put in there, the spell <coughs> disappeared. And some of gave birth and everyone realized who she was. That was someone who pretended to be a tzadekis when she was anything but. So, um, now, getting back to my preamble. Here we have clearly a case in the Gemara where a woman went to shul. So women did go to shul. And furthermore, the general pshat, we accept over here is that he's saying to her, why did you walk all the way to my shul when well, you should have gone to a closer shul? But if you look at the Gemara closely, it's knishta versus Medrosha. His question was actually something else. His question was, um, <clears throat> his question when well, you see it actually see it in Rashi in 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 Bamitzi, where Rashi says as follows if there's a base at Kinesis in your neighborhood why did you come to the base Hamedrish to Dab? his question was that um even though there's a mile in Davin base Hamedrish that's only for the people who learn there and furthermore, board, you can argue even for any man, but at least they have the mitzvah Talmud Tader. The woman has no mitzvah Talmud Tader. we learned a few days ago. For her, there's no maila in the base of Medish. On the contrary, she died in the base of Knessus. Why did you come to the base of Medish? And even if you're gonna argue that maybe in the times of the Gemara, they only know the basic message, the women who died went upstairs, the balcony or something, but the base of Medish never had a balcony. And she went to the base Hamedrash of Rabbi Yechenim where they sat and learned. Women generally didn't go there. And she went there and she sat and, and, and must have had a mechitzah. So what's going on? Why does the talk about mechitzah? So I don't know, Especially, Feinstein, the Tshubba's rights of mechitzah in the Shulahs in a such an important Mitzvah in the Teireh and yet no mention of it in the Shulonar. I would love to have an answer. <clears throat> okay, Yomari continues. Um, uh, my uh, Mike cotton, cotton who didn't yet complete the, the full uh, term of of, of, of uh, pregnancy. We're saying it's, it's an allegory. A young a young Talmud who definitely is not mature and yet he he what he uh, I guess he he ridicules his own rebbe's and shows them no respect and as a result of that he will die prematurely so therefore we call it a cotton shule kola uh, Talmud was not qualified to Paskin, what's the it's not just knowledge-wise it also do with experience which has to do with years that a woman a harlot Killed many people, but some color again, they're very strong. Although she, she murdered, so we're going to dash as this follows. Kirabim, halalamit pilum, zetamikolikilero, tamkach is not qualified, and yet paskins. But some color again, some means not just strong, it means close, sealed. They close the mouth, color again. They're killing people by closing the mouth. Somebody who did reach, who is qualified to paskin and doesn't paskin. They say, Oh, I don't want to make in. I don't want to get involved. And that. You have a responsibility. If you know the pesach, you should you should actually pass. it. Says the Gemara, the ad kama. What do you mean that someone is not qualified? So the chayda woman ad kama. The Gemara should have just said somebody who who learned chumash, mishnah, yes, and So he's has from here. It's not just that. It's also shemesh Tamim and also years of experience. Ad kama ada binyeishin forty years. Forty years. Like is Rashi explains it here, and Avodah Rashi says, um, Rashi says, um, actually not here. Rashi says. Um, in Bob Metzia, in Abarizorah, Misha Noila, 40 years is when you're born. No, it's 40 years old. But as the Misha says in Pikyabis, Ben Aboyim Labina, Toyser says 40 years from when you start learning. There's actually the first from an interesting discussion. Let's say you went to Yeshiva at five years old. Does it mean 45 years old? 40 years when you start learning? Or does it mean every single thing you learned 40 years later is only when you appreciate that particular thing that you learned? Anyway, so the Gemara Rabbah. used to pass, when the Rabba passed away at the age of 40. He was cursed behind Marabrachas. He was a descendant, a scion of base Ailey, who was cursed that all their descendants would die young. And Baia, who also was a descendant, lived longer because he gave stock as well. So he lived till 60. But the Rabba died at 40. We know that he was a Rosh for 22 years. That Gemara says in Babakama, in Maruba, Rabbi Aisha said, I waited 22 years while Rabba was the junior, and he was a Rosh Hashiva. means he became Rosh at the age of 18. How did Rabbi Pascal at the age of 18 when he was not 40 years old? It says the Gemara B'shovin. what exactly it means. According to Rashi, B'shovin means is uh, if uh, if you are equal to um, if you are equal if you are equal to um uh, what do you call it? If you are equal to another Rav, if you're equal to another, um, Rashi says, then you're allowed to pass. Even though you're not of age, it's only if you are unequal, uh, then you should be passing. Teisa says, what's the Kiddush? Basically, on brachas? He wants to learn. No, if you are equal and somebody else is a senior, then they should be passing. If you're underage, under forty years old, it's only if you are if you surpass them, exceed them in knowledge, then even though that you're a youngster, you can go ahead and pass. Teisa brings another interesting shot. That uh, the Gemara Brachas is not even talking about rabbanus; it's talking about uh, somebody who uh, who's a parnas in a zimra, somebody who's active uh, in the community. Then it's talking about is that if uh, you're not equal, you shouldn't be involved. But uh, when it comes to learning, if you are equal, you can get involved as well. It brings another shot: is that the Gemara Brachas is talking about if there's already somebody there established, and you're coming into town. Then even if you're uh, equal, you should not be involved. Only if you were, uh, exceed that personal knowledge. But if you're if you if you're a denizen of that area, you're just like that other person. Then even if you're equal, you can pass. You say one further. Well, makas Purushan, somebody uh, one of these people who uh, who would pretend to be very frum, and makas they beat themselves. These are these are all people who destroy the world. What exactly does it mean, makas Purushan? Someone tells us. Shiva Purushan Purushan seven There's part of Shikhmi We'll soon explain what that means. There's parash nikafi, the coffee, there's parash kezoi, there's parash maduchia, there's parash ma'chevasi, there's sena tamu do, and I'll do it. Parash ma'ava, of course, out of love, we'll explain one in a minute, parash meir out of fear, and parash shichmi. So I explain, what's parash shichmi? Shichmi is, the taste of bringing the shaman has other interpretations completely, but this is how we learn here. Peter shichmi is a oise maise shchem. He behaved like shchem. In other words, the people of shchem, they circumcised themselves, nothing to do with the mitzvah, they just did it purely. In uh, to, in order to get the, the daughters of Yaakov, so they did it for the ulterior motives. That's called parish uh, shichmi. What's parish? A part the coffee. In the co- parish coffee is or in the coffee is ze ha es What's ha menakev es Rashi says that he walks toe to to ankle toe to the back of his foot, so he walked very very slowly, as if he you know um, is 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 not looking around in the surroundings. And uh, pretending to be, you know, way too frum and there's no such call for it. Parish Kizoi. What's parish Kizoy? look he, he doesn't look up, doesn't look around, and then he bangs into walls and he's bleeding everywhere. And that's what Amisha says, And even though it says that you, him, you, know, you shouldn't walk with Krimos Krupa, your head up, or the Rabban says you shouldn't be looking at other people, there's a letter he wrote to his son. But nevertheless, this is way above, beyond the cold, looking down on the ground and not looking around at all your surroundings. Padish Meduchia, somebody who's excessively from beduchia looks like a pestle. He walks with his, so hunched, and his head totally bent over, again, way beyond, the call duty the macha sana. Somebody walks around saying, "What is my obligation? I will do it." What am I going to do it? Isn't that a good thing? He constantly say, "What should I do?" he says vasi suva He walks around saying, "I did all the mitzvahs. What else can I do?" And that is why you poter. In fact, uh, some of the shame explain why a woman. Even though the potter from mitz-secha's magromba, they're permitted to do the mitzvah mangromba. So how come when it comes to tsitsis we say that they shouldn't be doing it? Kits okay, filled when we talk about goofnoki. But when it comes to tits, why do we discourage women from wearing tzitsis if it's a mitzvah season and they're allowed to do any mitzvah season they want to? Because since men also maha, traiter, don't have to wear sits, only if you happen to have a four corner garment, you have to put on sits. It's only the one to put it on. So if a woman takes upon herself to wear sits, it's as if they are pardish, as if to say, I did all the mitzvah that I had to do, I'm perfect. Now let me take on mitzvah. Even men don't have to do but I want to, you know, myself. So that is sort of inviting a, a judgment that, you know, nobody really wants. Based on this Gamora here. Then the Gamora says, um Porishma Abba Podishma Yira. Separate from Aba separate from Yira. Ombalaya Bay Latana. Light is the Porishma Ava Pothira. Don't mention somebody separate from Abba, some separate year. you know what Abba It's a good thing. Even though you did it for the wrong reasons, eventually you come do for the right reasons. This long text in the bottom, Adam, brings contradictions to The Gemara. Sometimes you say it's a terrible thing to do Shma, sometimes it's not a terrible thing to do La Shma. And taste it basically makes a difference when the reason why you do is because you're doing it for self-aggrandizement. You're doing it you know for, for you know for covet. So therefore we say eventually you'll be all right. But if you're doing it in order to know how to use a Torah against the Taydah Shalom then all these let's take another expression in other places then it's not a good thing but from Texas here interesting comes out that doing Tzedakah like Bo Bassa, that says that if a person gives Tzedakah and says ah, manash yich or, ah, manash tzadik, whatever, then you're allowed to do it so, it, 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 so normally we learn pshat there that's unique for Tzedakah Hashem says you're permitted to test me there's nothing wrong with it here Texas puts it together with all the other mitzvahs that, you know, that, it's, that it's, it's not ideal but which is very different than the Pshat that we learned the Gemara in um, in, um, in in Baobassir. The Teish Mashant has a number of Pshat the Gemara here, including a very interesting one that there's a difference when you do a mitzvah and you regret it if it doesn't work out. In other words, if you have an interior and if the tyranny motive didn't work out, for example, tzedakah. you gave Tzedakah a menasheh b'ni, if a and Slano a menasheh should do, have a good business deal and let's say it doesn't work out, do you regret the fact that you gave Tzedakah? So Yidin don't regret the fact that they gave Tzedakah and therefore it's still all right, you still do the mitzah. Maseheng, if you do a mitzah and you regret the fact that you, um, you did this mitzah, then uh, it's a terrible thing. And some of the poskim want to know the difference with shchem. We say ulterior oh, motive is a terrible thing, and here comes along a rabba and a and say, like, no, that may be and they tried to, to, to resolve that. But actually, it's not a question at all. Over here, by a ba'yan or it says you are doing a mitzvah. You are learning Torah, you're doing a mitzvah. And we learned in Gemara a few days ago that the mitzvah actually protects you. And uh, according to one opinion, even from the Sahara. So because the, at the end of the day, you did a mitzvah, but you also had ulterior motive as well. So even so, the, so the, the mitzvah that you did, eventually is going to lead you in the right direction. However, in the case of Shem, they did no mitzvah. All they did was ulterior motive. And therefore, it's no good. Anyway, then the Gemara says further, um, so, the um, metamra, metamra—that which is hidden remains hidden because we don't really know your interior motives. We don't know what's going on in your heart. But the megalia, megalia—but that which is revealed was revealed. But the beidin rabba, but the uh, beidin rabba, the the great, the uh, beidin rabba is the is the bezen from Amalei the heavenly bezen. Is they, um, they go ahead and they. Get retribution, they, they know exactly if your intention was for the right reasons or not. So they will re, uh, have retribution against those people, the Khafi Gunya that put on they wear a talasim and they walk around as if they're very frequent. In fact, when they're they're pretending to be very fruit, in fact they are not. And um, me, maybe maybe this is an allusion to Kayrach and Adasa, they all put on Khailis and they walked around mocking and pretending as if you know, we don't need there's no need for Abbasha and Aaron, and obviously they're all wrong. So maybe that's where the expression comes from that they're walking around with these talaism as if they're so frum and they're masking whatever's behind them. the king said to his wife. We had him in Baruchas, his wife was a sister of Shemashatach. Yana, Yanai was in the modern tradition, tells us, you know, he was a king, and he was a king. And then because uh, there was a question about, uh, about, his, um, about his parents, whether he was qualified to be a king, because maybe they were get him. So uh, he was very upset, he killed all the Rabbanim at that time, and the Rabbanim had to flee. And then right before uh, he died, uh, his wife was very worried that the children will not become, will not be appointed king. So this is what Yannis said to his own wife. Don't worry about the pollution from it, because even though I killed many of them, most of them, and, and they don't, they hate me, they'll never, ever take revenge against you because they're from, it. and the trader said, you know, I'll take revenge. So he, even though Yane Melech killed some of them all, it was only because they, they questioned his, his ability to be a kohen, But um, he still respected the fact that they were, uh, their integrity. Don't worry about the looking because they're all my friends. I became a znuki. Elam, um, uh, in fact, there's an opinion. Yamar brachas that Yehicha and Kohen Gadol was Yannai, who became, uh, you know, became Zduki. Elam min atzvuyim. No, you have to worry about the it. really tzvuyim, the false ones. Shaday milapurushim. They walk around the streets imitating the Purushim, appearing you know, ostensibly to be a parish, make believe that they, you know, they're very fruit. say a famous saying, Maasei and Kemaise Zimri, in fact, their deeds are no better than Zimri, Zimri ben Sobli, that we had in the end the story of, of Parshat Bolok, the terrible the travesty that he committed there in, in public. And yet, but they want to get reward of Pinchas who saved the, the day and um, by acting like the zealot that he did. Okay, next Mishnah. Um, Rabbi Shimon, Shimon says mm-hmm. Rabbi Shimon argues the previous mission we had the chachamim said that you know chus can, be, it can be delayed by one year, two years, three years and you know, yes. interesting according to the opinion that says we're talking about mitzvahs and uh, mitzvahs protect you okay so there's degrees in mitzvahs but according to the opinion that says this Torah, and by women, this chad they get for Torah is that they let they send the children to school and they let the husbands go away. And what what are the three degrees that some for some it's only one year, for some it's two years, some it's three years. What exactly? How? What is the criteria? For a woman helping out her husband or children to learn trade, we say, oh, for this, you'll have a one-year delay, and for this will have two years. Nobody spells out exactly what that is, and I don't know. But anyway, when Rabbi Shimon comes along, he disagrees with the whole, the whole notion of delaying the impact of the water. Says that in Mishnah, Shimon, Schus has no impact at all. And what's the problem? Why not? Because if you're gonna say that mind, if you actually has the ability to delay it, What you did was you weakened the entire fabric of, of, of a site. The whole idea was that this is like sort of a deterrent. But you weakened that deterrent because they think, well, oh, I have a school. I can get away with it. and number one. Number two, all those innocent women who came out innocent. People will say that nah, they're not really innocent. Somehow no, they must have a schus somewhere that we're not aware of. And that protected them. It's not fair. Ela Sha Tosullahan will say that. What? It was a schus that protected them. Comes along the Rebbe he says, I agree with the mission of the Rabbana before they say that. No. The Rebbe says, I agree that the before they say that the schus does. Toilet. but you're worried that people are going to speak and say that what that the water doesn't have the power it does have an effect but less we ameliorate that effect at least doesn't happen straight away if you remember we learned last time that as soon as they drink the water it already starts having an effect and this Rabbi said, it slows it down in what sense it does delay it she won't give birth it doesn't improve. slowly but surely she deteriorates and the end of that year Year, two years, three years, she will die from this very death that the water is supposed to have. And we had it before in Mara We had a Machlekes in the, the Amaraim, whether uh, the Chachamim agree with rebbe but they just argue about the fact whether they die, she dies from this particular death or just some other death, or whether Chachamim actually holds that she does not in any way deteriorate at all. And then at the end of the year or two or year, three years, suddenly the water then has its full impact. As you want further, um, before we had it became once the, if the scroll was already erased in the water, we forced her to drink the water unless she's moida. That she's tummy, then there's no point. But if she refuses to drink, we're going to force her because you already raced the the, the the words uh, in, in the words in the water. What about the carbon mincha we came tummy? And if we hold that you didn't yet put the scroll in the water, because there's an opinion that says that first you do the mincha and then she drinks. In other words, we had of a shemurah keeper. They say first you put the they first you do the mincha and then you put the scroll and then you do the water. You do the scroll as close as possible to the water, hoping that she will change her mind. So that's what this mission goes according to, or according to the that uh, by mistake the kohenim kind of wrote it too early. They it's mass mincha, so her mincha became tummy. Actually, before they made it sanctified. It, and then she was made or something. There's no need to proceed with that mincha. What do you do? Well, start kaidish. No problem. Had like any other mincha, but typically you redeem it. But when we should kitcher it already became sanctified, consecrated mikeli. Had hey and again, and then she was made uh, that she. um that she uh, is not innocent at all. <laughs> that became possible. Started, you burn it. nothing else you can do with it. The is, <laughs> and there's a few others that the milk gets burnt as well. she admits that she is tame. Excuse me. Or <laughs> or a witness came along and said that she is tame. and <laughs> or she refuses to drink. Or, her husband doesn't want, because we need the husband's consent to give her to drink. In case number five, the husband had relations with her somewhere on the way to the base. Once he's prepared to come there, he doesn't have any more relations with her. If he did, he's not innocent anymore himself. The water will no longer have effects. What do you do with the milk? You burn it. <coughs> and, um, the is that anyone who is um, married to kainim, now what happens is a carbon mincha, generally you do a kibitza and you put it on the mizbech. you roast it and the balance of the mincha gets eaten by the kainim. But a carbon that a kain brings up is kolti tea and the entire thing gets burnt on the mizbech. So kol hanesuyas kainim. anyone that gets married to a kainim, mincha is this, the carbon mincha gets burnt uh, at the time, not just the kainim, but also the mincha because her husband is a kainim and anything that says the husband is obligated to bring up the carbon for his wife and anything belongs to the woman belongs to her husband so therefore it's as if the coin is involved in this particular carbon and it becomes the mincha of the coin and the mincha of the coin gets completely eaten <laughs> by the other menachas that she brings for example a voluntary mincha is it treated as if it's a husband and therefore the entire thing gets burnt or no it's her own and therefore the the balance of it gets eaten by coin and basi's Rosh, is okay marries basi's minchas marriage his her mincha gets burnt because as we just explained. Oh, Kahane, she so, says, oh, but if she's a fast kohen married to Yisrael, minchas necheles, or mincha gets eaten, does get eaten. So ma' bein kohen le kahanez, what is the difference between a kohen and a kahanez? Mincha's kohen is necheles, the mincha of a kohen gets eaten, or mincha's kohen ain't necheles. What is the difference between a kohen and a kahanez? The mincha of a kohen gets eaten, but mincha's kohen, sorry, mincha's kahanez. A woman bas koyen. Her milcha gets eaten like any other yisroel gets eaten by the koyin. Not the koyin, it's the, the part that was that was uh, you know the, the, the scooped out, but rather the balance of milcha. But milcha's koin ain't a chalula. Milcha's koyin is not get eaten. Koyhenis mischalulas. If a henis has uh, has a, has an affair with somebody that she can never marry, then she's now a chalala, and um, and her children are chalalim. But even if she marries a coin. But coin, how? the coin named the who let's say lives with someone in sin, let's say he lives with a divorcee or with a guy, he himself, as long as he's married to her, he cannot perform his service. But the moment he no longer marries her, he could continue performing his service. reverts back to normal. By kohen is even afterwards you can never revert back to normal. Kohen is <coughs> mitam lemesin. She's permitted. She's permitted to to mitam mitam but the ain kohen is coin can't. We're making a distinction now between a kohen and the bascoin. kohen. Kohen loychem kachim kachim. A kohen can eat kachim kachim. Ain kohen loychem kachim kachim. She can eat other kabbalas that kachim kalin, but not kachim kachim. Not those that have to be eaten within the the environs of the base of mizdish. Ma bein isha what other differences are between a man and a woman? Ha ish padei or padeim. A man is a leper. He has to let his hair grow and he tears his clothes. But bein isha <coughs> padei rase a woman does not let her grow, doesn't have to let her grow, and nor does she carry her clothing. <speaking in Hebrew> a man can, can make his son a nazir, and when he grows up, he has to follow that way. But <speaking> is <in Hebrew> But um a woman. Does not have to be mother; it cannot be mother herself. Aishimshon and Shmuel, so it must be the husband agreed, or when the, when Shmuel or and reach the age and they agreed, as if they themselves made the the, 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 the like a gear cotton. When it comes thirteen years old, and um, the parents began when was a young kid, because he old he doesn't uh, protest. He continues on this way. Um, the father, let's say, became another and then he set aside kabbanis, but he didn't specify exactly for what. Then he died, and the son can take or becomes another he can take over and use those kabbanis. But a woman can a man can daughter but from the A woman can't from and therefore she can be and she can walk out. a man can sell his daughter as a maid, a woman can a man. When we had, we discussed before, uh, skila is when they are naked, but a woman is not uh, stoned when she is naked. Because it's this. Ish nitla, a man gets strung up after he was killed by besan, but ain't the is a woman does. nimka if a man stole, he cannot repay, he gets sold as a slave. But the is a woman, if she's sold, cannot be sold as a slave. Everyone have a good day. you tomorrow, Mitzvah